0: Quick note that the following episode of Canada Land may contain subject matter and language that some people will find offensive. You may remember this heartbreaker of a story.
1: A mother orca whose calf
2: died after birth is still carrying her baby 17 days later.
3: It's heartbreaking to see a killer whale carrying her calf who died shortly after birth. For 17 days, the orca, known as J-35, wouldn't let go of her baby. A mother orca just cannot let go, still
0: carrying her lifeless calf through the waters of the Pacific Northwest. It was one of those items that caught the whole world's attention. Back in 2018, CNN, CBS, everybody was covering this poor, grieving animal. It was a break from Trump, a break from politics, a story that everybody seemed to relate to.
1: I know you're not supposed to apply sort of
4: human characteristics to animals, but watching this mother orca, to me, express a very human emotion, this sort of outpouring of grief. You understand where she's coming from.
3: The bond between a mother and its baby is one of the most innate, visceral, organic relationships in all of nature. It would be very logical for us to see a mirror here.
0: And ultimately, it was the rarest thing. A sad story with a happy ending.
5: Orca researchers believe that Southern resident Taliqua, or J-35, has given So sure enough, J-35 showed up with a brand new calf.
0: A lot of the coverage did gesture to wider issues. The fact that J-35 is a southern resident killer whale, which is a population of orca highly endangered, with, at the time, only 75 remaining members. That's now down to 73, by the way. So there were a few sound bites about how human intervention into the environment was to blame. But hardly any of those stories, especially those that were reported internationally, hardly any of them connected that story about the grieving mother orca to this, another story, a Canadian story about the orca's environment that had broken just a few weeks earlier. The federal government has reached an agreement with Kinder Morgan to purchase the existing Trans
6: Mountain Pipeline. The Trans Mountain Expansion Project is of vital interest
0: to Canada and to Canadians. Our government's position is clear. It must be built and it will be built. Another thing that you would have trouble finding in any of those stories, those compassionate stories about the orca was the slightest mention of the tsleil Coast Salish nation. And why would you? I mean, there's a way that the media handles stories about animals, you know? Like it's one thing, it's comfortable and familiar for CNN anchors to show their human sides over footage of a grieving mama orca but it's a lot more difficult and unfamiliar for them, or for me, really, to report on a far more involved relationship between humans and animals. The tsleil claim spiritual, cultural, and physical connections to the orcas, which go back to their creation stories. These stories are not regarded as fables the allyship that these stories describe between killer whales and people, the pact that they tell of, that's considered a binding contract today. And there is little separation seen between the plight of these animals for survival and the same struggle for the Tsleil-Waututh. Like I said, these are not concepts that fit neatly into our standard media story formats. So what we bring you today is not a standard news story. We sent reporter Brandy Morin to the unceded Coast Salish Territory on North Vancouver. Wait for it.
7: emerald sparkling sea waters, lined by rugged shorelines and lush giant cedar trees, shaggy moss and diverse wildlife. It's been called the Amazon of the Deep, the Coast Salish Sea. Its beauty draws the rich and famous and visitors from around the world. Here on a small tract of land in what is now known as North Vancouver, the Tesuela Tooth, meaning people of the inlet, are on the front lines of an epic battle to protect this magical biosphere. It's a fight that had its seeds sown as far back as 1792, when the European colonizers first started to arrive on their shores. Now, in 2022, this indigenous nation is up against what they call a snake of an enemy. It's a fight waged not only by the Tosue Tooth people, but also by their ancient comrades, the wolves of the sea. wolves of the sea, also known as killer whales, orcas, or blackfish, who hunt in the Barard Inlet outside Tessuala doorstep. The Tessuala Tooth are wolf clan people. They say their first ancestor was a wolf before he became human. To the Tessuala Tooth, their survival goes hand in hand with the wolves of the sea. If their whale relatives are wiped out, so will the tribe be.
1: Today, there's a really bad sickness overtaking the world, it seems like, and that's greed. It's a sickness. Greed is a sickness. If it's making money, it doesn't matter who or what dies, It could be the fish, it could be the orcas, it could be bear. The earth is not a commodity. It's not something to make money off. We should live in harmony and be stewards of the land, not not use it for money.
4: What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Tell Uh, say, hello. This is Brandy Moore. Hi, how are you?
1: (laughs) Good to meet you. How do we do? Uh, elbow bumps. Oh, oh, COVID friendly. Oh, yes. I don't I know. I, I, don't know I know. brought I you didn't. this. We went My name is Khalia. Khalia Sleholt. My government name is Amy George.
7: That's to elder Amy George, who many call Taha, meaning grandmother the daughter of legendary Tessuala Tooth leader and Hollywood actor, Chief Dan George.
8: Come out and fight, it is a good day to die.
7: I met her at her home in Tessuala Tooth First Nation. 30,000 years
1: we've been here. My ancestors were the protectors of the water in this land, and something went haywire there. the oil refineries came in.
7: The blackfish are a rare sight here nowadays because of the threats they and other marine life have faced over the last 200 years of urban, commercial, and industrial development. It's depleted salmon and herring stocks, which are their primary source of food. The enemy, the Tosuela Tooth, and the blackfish now face The snake of an enemy, as they call it, is the expansion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline, a project that began as a private industry venture owned by Kinder Morgan.
5: The federal government remains determined tonight that the Kinder Morgan Pipeline expansion will go ahead, despite the opposition from B.C.'s government. Now, Ottawa says it is looking at several options to make this happen, including taking a potential financial stake in the project
7: only then to be purchased by the Liberal government under Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's leadership. I know I've said a lot
1: of things about Trudeau on the internet and to people, and sometimes I get cheered, and some people call me nuts.
7: <laughs> what kind of things have you said about Trudeau?
1: I said he got it. He went and bought the pipelines from Kinder Morgan, and that's a big turkey of a deal at the time that the world is going solar, using different energies he goes and buys pipelines. How dumb can you get? I always say when I talk that we're speaking for the ones who can speak. The salmon and the orcas uh, all the fish run we have herring run and crabs and clams and all the living things that live in the water to me the orcas like a It's a living being, and it's majestic and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it came back just around the right time, you know, like, stop the pipelines, because it's going to harm me. It'll kill me, too.
7: Over and over again, the orcas have shown the tooth people that their connection remains strong. Recently, as Amy George is referring to, the orcas returned during the height of the fight to stop the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. Their dramatic return came after the whales had left years earlier when a prominent chief died. Taha's niece and Tisuele-Tooth tribal counsellor, Charlene Alec, told me the story of the chief's connection to the whales on a beach nearby.
4: Tsleil-Waututh people had that ability to have conversations with the marine life and it is well known within tsleil history that we did have that ability and there was a grandfather of ours that had conversations with the marine life where as much so as he can go up to the water and tap it and the blackfish would come and he would ask them for safe passage if we were you know, traveling up the Salish Sea or, you know, down to our relatives, he would ask for that guidance. And um, he would have that, that conversation, you know, about salmon coming up the river, you know, allow them to pass so that we can get fed and then we'll share our catches with you and have that ability. And when he had passed, he was brought over to our burial island and it was when the colonizers first started coming and they had said you cannot take care of your dead that way you have to put them in a cemetery. So we had put them up on a staff in a tree and- On the water? On this island and took care of them that way, wrapped them in a cedar bark blanket. And they said, no, you have to bury him. So we took his remains in the canoes, and the canoes came over to where our cemetery is now, and they say that there was blackfish that guided the canoe. And when they brought his body into the cemetery, the blackfish backed up. They did not turn around. They just stayed up and they backed out with the utmost respect for laying his body down, and it was like a funeral procession. And that was the last time that blackfish were seen in the inlet.
7: It's gorgeous here, and it's mostly peaceful, except for the sounds of industry nearby. This is the busiest port in Canada, and just across the territorial waters of the Tesuela Tooth is the TMX oil tanker terminal port.
4: We've got a coal port, we've got Shell, Chevron, refinery, we've got Trans Mountain, we've got a chemical plant, BC Hydro powerhouse resource. All of this industry that's just
7: inundating the inlet. To the Tesuela Tooth, It is a sacred, legal obligation to protect, defend, and steward the water, land, air, and resources of their territory. And their territories are intertwined with who they are, physically, culturally, and spiritually. They are of the water. Their creation story tells of the first grandmother who was made out of the sand of the bottom of the sea, and the reciprocal relationship they have with Mother Earth, including their revered ancient relatives, the wolves of the sea. There
4: are earmarks in our history where we have taken care of destruction to our people, and that being the two-headed serpent. and. There's a point in these these hills right here where you can see there's a little bit of a dip, and we say that's where the serpent's head laid, and his other part of his head laid in the, a lake on the other side of these hills, which is in Burnaby, and I think it's called Bunsen Lake. And um, the other part... You could see there's um, no growth, and there's a line in the hills, and we say that's where the other part of the body was, because wherever it touched, there was no life. It crossed the inlet so much so, where salmon weren't coming in. So there was a time where we started to perish, and we started to notice that we needed to be in and out, and to access the rivers, and to be able to feed ourselves. We were dying of um, starvation, we were perishing, really, because of the serpent. But um, I don't know if it was in its protection, thinking that it was protecting us. But um, we had to deal with it. And there was a story of one of our young warriors who was, again, praying at the shore of the inlet and asking for guidance and ways to protect our people. And just like that, a seal came up almost onto shore, grabbed the young man and brought him... And what I believe and what I tell my children is they went through a spirit tunnel and trained him and taught him ways to look after the serpent. So he came back. The village had grieved him because he had gone and they thought, you know, he was taken by the water spirit and he came back a year later and so they knew it was a medicine. They knew it was an omen of something coming to the village. And he gathered everybody and taught them all what he knew and how he was trained. And they set out to slay the two-headed serpent. And he did. And so the story goes that one of the heads is is up here in the arm and the other head is just
7: under that bridge. Would the head be where the TMX terminal is um, close by really? yeah this fight against the continued expansion of the project took great preparation we did a
4: water ceremony we did a sacred fire we prayed to our ancestors and lo and behold the blackfish came up as close to where the Chevron refinery is right there
7: and despite gearing up for a new round of battle this is a fight the Tosuela Tooth have been fighting for a long time already.
9: We have done assessments, economic assessments, scientific studies, studies on the orcas, and those things were ignored today. Reconciliation stopped today.
7: That was Sundance Chief Reuben George. He's Taha's son and the manager of the tsleil Tooth Nation Sacred Trust initiative at a press conference in 2020 after the Federal Court of Appeal dismissed for a second time a challenge filed by four First Nations, including tsleil Tooth, against the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. Rubin is one of the most vocal opponents of the pipeline. He says the survival of the wolves of the sea mirrors that of his tribe and of First Nations across Turtle Island. When I first started researching this story over two years ago, Ruben explained it to me over the phone, and I'll never forget this juxtaposition.
9: We're just like the movie Star Wars, we're the rebels fighting the evil empire, Canada. We came from nothing, we're fighting back, and we are winning.
7: When we finally met in person, I understood the greater implications.
9: What we learned is to have a reciprocal relationship to spirit, and in turn, that starts with the water, but it starts with the Dungeness crab, it starts with the the um, the clams and the orcas, the orcas, and, and then we even look closer at what what they are. They're like the sea wolf. They they go in packs, and, and there's a lot of lessons that come out of them and how they exist in a and how they live together and how they support one another and how they help one another. So we have a reciprocal relationship of spirit to these things, and and we protect them.
7: It was 2018 when the Liberal government bought the pipeline for $4.5 billion, bailing out its former owners, Kinder Morgan.
9: And so when the federal government's letting this happen, letting this happen for the best interests of Canada, of course, they're going to make a decision to to kill those whales.
7: Fierce opposition from environmentalists, indigenous groups, and the BC government caused economic uncertainty for the Texas-based company, which was ultimately enough for them to announce they were backing out of the project, which was when the federal government stepped in to purchase the project and take the liability off the company's books. Since the project was bought by the Liberals for $4.5 billion, TMX has now ballooned to $21.4 billion. It exists to transport oil from one of the most destructive industrial projects on the planet, the Alberta oil sands. Trudeau's reasoning, however, is conflicting.
3: You can't make a choice between what's good for the environment and what's good for the economy. Uh, We can't shut down the oil sands tomorrow. We need to phase them out. We need to manage the transition off of our dependence on fossil fuels.
7: Uh, That is going to take time. The TMX project also includes the construction of an expanded petroleum storage facility in the Burnaby port that's located on Tosuelo Tooth territories. The entire project will triple the daily capacity of crude oil from 300,000 barrels to 890,000 barrels. This is expected to increase tanker traffic seven-fold from about 60 oil tankers to about 400 each year. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney also campaigned for the pipeline's approval, citing top-of-the-line environmental standards.
0: And we want to continue to see momentum in terms of better public understanding of how higher environmental standards are, the rigor of the regulatory approval for this, and how all Canadians can benefit from getting a higher price from our country's most valuable asset, which are the oil resources that we have.
7: A study conducted for the Tsleil-Waututh Nation by two Simon Fraser University professors found there is an 87% likelihood of a major spill in the Burrard Inlet within 50 years, with smaller spills very likely in between. Despite continued opposition, the pipeline's construction continues full speed ahead with 50% of the expansion already complete. And Canadian taxpayers are on the hook for the ever rising costs. We
3: needed to do better. And you know what? They were right. So here's what we did We directed the National Energy Board to examine the impacts TMX could have on the marine environment and provide recommendations. We doubled the size of our consultation teams and reinitiated Phase 3 consultations with Indigenous communities. At the end of the day, we listened and we are acting on what we heard. They told us they wanted a seat at the table and better information in managing activities affecting the Salish Sea and the project route. They asked that we build on our efforts to protect the southern resident killer whale and its habitat. They said they needed to be better equipped to deal with any kind of marine incident. We listened to community concerns and we are acting on community ideas.
7: But Reuben challenges the assertion that his community was listened to.
9: As the Federal Court of Appeal and we showed evidence that the, the tanker traffic's gonna kill off the resident quarka whales. And they simply said, yeah, you're right. But we're still going to side with the best interest of Canada.
7: Trudeau has also said Canada will invest 100% of TMX profits into renewable energy projects. He probably won't be able to live up to that promise because the pipeline is likely to be back on the market again soon. The feds have said from day one they don't want to own the pipeline long term and plan to launch a divestment process after the expansion project has been, quote, de-risked, unquote.
10: Okay, so I'm Erin Hansen. I work for the Slotith Nation as a policy advisor in the Treaty Lands and Resources Department and with the Sacred Trust Initiative. I'm a settler Canadian. Our mandate is to assert and protect Slotith's Aboriginal rights, title and interests throughout the territory off-reserve. I work with an amazing team. We have biologists on staff, cultural knowledge keepers, archeologists, referrals analysts who deal with all the incoming consultation requests, um, natural resource
7: planners. We have quite an amazing team that's very multidisciplinary. And just as Charlene said earlier, Aaron also recalled the powerful connection the Blackfish have to this area and this community. Just as they knew when to leave, they knew when it was time to come back. What I've learned from Slotith people is how the whales show up
10: at important times, and they come at times often to deliver a message. And so this isn't some distant mythical past. When we were engaged in the consultation process with the federal government in 2019, this was after we had won our court case in 2018 that said that consultation was inadequate. So the federal government said, okay, we're going to come back and consult again. And so we had a Whales Day. We had one day to talk about the whales, to explain our concerns, to talk about ways that maybe these issues could be addressed. And I remember waking up that morning and feeling so heavy because it just seemed absurd to me the, the magnitude of this risk to the whales, that the National Energy Board themselves said, you know, this project has the potential to wipe these whales out. And we're supposed to have like six hours sitting across the table with some folks and just be able to deal with this within that little amount of time in
7: this little... Like their lives are on the line, yeah. their survival.
10: Yeah. We had technical experts that were going to speak to um, the risks to their, their habitat, the biophysical elements. And just around that moment, one of our colleagues got a text message. And his text was from a colleague of his over at Squamish Nation. And the text said something like, the whales are in the inlet now. The whales are coming up towards you, keep an eye out. They're heading up past the second arrows.
11: Oh my God, they're coming right towards us. Holy smokes.
10: And one of the folks across the table from us, from Ottawa said, how am I supposed to convey this to my colleagues in Ottawa? Like, how do you even explain this in these regulatory frameworks that are so deficient?
7: The Tesuelo Tooth took it as a sign. Their relatives showed up to help, as they've always done. Despite the natural tranquility of this place, the Burrard Inlet, or the shores of the Tesuelo Tooth Nation, can take on a different tone on any given day. This isn't See, crazy. he's just circling. Partway into my interview with Charlene, the Tesuelo Tooth counselor, A helicopter, owned by security, hired by TMX to patrol the area, was hovering nearby. Wow. And it's owned by the government, so it's all their taxpayers' money that are, you know, funding this type of thing.
4: Yeah. Absolutely.
7: Helicopters aren't cheap.
4: No. And to have them on call, any action, I'm pretty sure it's very intentional for when we're on the water. And when we're um, our canoes, or you know, anything like that, um, anything that happens around Trans Mountain, like this Westridge Marine, this is called where all that construction is happening. That's that's Kinder Morgan. That's Trans Mountain right there. Any kind of activity, like when we're out on the water and stuff like that, a helicopter will show up five minutes later.
7: Just for you guys.
4: They're so paranoid that somebody's gonna come and poke at the fence or.
7: Yeah, but they don't own the water.
4: Oh, so we were in our canoes and we were just going by it and they told us to get off the water.
7: What do you mean, like through a speaker or off the dock?
4: Yeah, they have a a boat that patrols back and forth 24 seven.
7: They told you to get off the water. Off the water. In your own territory. Yeah, yeah. How did you respond?
4: I said no. I flat out told them, no, you can't you, you don't own the water. this is our territory. You When
6: all you camera are going up
12: You know, we, the people are learning the truth about these ways. The people are learning the truth. And once they learn the truth, they're going to stand up. We're standing up right now. That's Cedar
7: George Parker, Charlene's nephew and Ruben's son, who's dedicating his life to stopping the pipeline. Yes, everyone is pretty much related in Indian country. His Taha is very proud of him. What's
12: been happening, and, and right now it's the youth who are, who are making a lot of noise. And, and that's because our elders, some of them have passed away. That's because our elders showed us the way.
7: Compensation for potential damages to the area have been offered to the First Nation, as money is often seen by industry and settler governments to be sufficient to address the destruction of First Nations territory. But the First Nation has refused to accept a payout. Cedars says the risks of an oil spill and danger to the whales and other wildlife are too great.
12: We can't, as the people, invest in that. You know, we said no, we can say yes to the millions of dollars, but we said no. We're gonna fight because we know how important our next generation is. This will destroy the habitat of the orca whales and bring suffering to them. They live the same way that we live because orca whales live in a matriarchal society. They live past their sexual prime, meaning their sole reason for survival, their sole survival method is based off of knowledge, and wisdom being passed down through generations, just like humans.
7: A few years ago, the tessue Tooth built a watch house along the route of the pipeline on Burnaby Mountain. Watch houses were used by their ancestors to scout for enemy raids. Cedar took me there with his partner, Lucy. The small wooden watch house sits meters from one of the gated TMX tanker terminals, which is being expanded.
12: I have ceremony here. trainings and teachings and political education, uh, new ideologies of living with the land, environmentalism, um, renewable energy. We want this to be a forefront of these ideas that can secure our future. This
7: kind of reminds me of the Seventh Fire prophecy and everybody coming together at this time.
12: Yeah, it is part of the prophecies. You know, it's 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 all of our people coming together around the world, bringing our gifts, bringing our knowledge and wisdom. And when we put up camp here, you know, it's going to be an indigenous Renaissance. Mm. Our people are coming out of the dark into the light. Our people are coming out of a 500 year suffering, a 500 year Sundance. And, and when we come out of those suffering, we come out stronger. We turn trauma into love. We find hope and disparity. And we find learning in these hard times, and, and we're coming out.
7: You said, like, it's life or death. You're willing to put your literal body on the line, and it's indigenous bodies all around the world that are on the line against these projects. Is that just something that's natural as an indigenous man? and If, indigenous we could, woman?
12: if I could put my body on the line so the next generation can have a future, I'll gladly do it. I'll, and, and if I do, it's a victory. If the next generation can live... You know, we're borrowing their time. The ones who are not here, it's, it's their time. They're going to inherit the world. And so it's up to us to create that safety, to create that world for them where they have clean air and fresh water, where they can live in well-being without fear of the future. And that's why we're standing up to the oppression brought on by the Trudeau government. We're standing up to this oppression. We're standing up to it. We're saying no more. We're saying no more as a people. Uh, yeah, we will put our lives on the line. 100%. I'm not afraid to die.
7: So far, some 200 arrests have been made of land defenders defying a B.C. Supreme Court injunction to stop people from obstructing work at the TMX site in Burnaby. Just three weeks ago, tiswa land and water protector Will George was sentenced to 28 days in jail. The sentence came after he was charged with breach of the injunction last year near the watch house while the TMX project was temporarily suspended. He had never been arrested before. And while others have been arrested, including his own Taha, Amy George, Will is the first Tessuala Tooth Nation member to be convicted for resisting the TMX pipeline while on his own ancestral, unceded land. He has since appealed and was let out on bail. Opposition to the pipeline is strong. It's not just indigenous people who are getting arrested, seniors, young people, basically people from all walks of life have participated in mass protests here. The climate change crisis is fueling the resolve to stop the TMX expansion. Last summer, a severe heat wave killed hundreds of people in BC, as well as billions of clams, mussels and barnacles into Sueletu territories. Ruben shows me what that looks like now.
9: Look at this, Was it one? I think one billion of these died last year. Where? the, the mussels, the clams here, and let's see, the heat wave, 1 billion.
7: What was that like for your people?
9: Devastating. You can see some came back. But you can see some of them Oh, these all came back. See this one? That's a bigger, tough one, but that's hollow. Look at hollow, hollow. All these died. See? They came back good, but it's going to get hotter this year, so Uh, Maybe. But like I said, it's not the new norm, it's going to get worse.
7: A study commissioned by the City of Vancouver estimated the global carbon emissions stemming from the Trans Mountain and Tanker expansion to be 71 million tonnes of CO2 annually. That would be like adding emissions from nearly 16 million active passenger vehicles for one year. All this, yet the Trudeau government continues to claim they can meet Canada's commitment under the Paris Climate Agreement to keep global temperatures from rising above 2 degrees Celsius. And the resistance to this project. Well, it's safe to say that the Suelatooth understand just how much power they have.
2: Yeah, um, so my name is Lucy Everett. Um, I am mixed-white settler, British, Scottish, Mennonite, and Red River Métis as well through my paternal grandmother, so Treaty 1 territory. Um, But I grew up on unceded
7: Coast Salish land. Lucy is a staunch opponent to the TMX and was recently arrested for demonstrating near the project in an inflatable T-Rex costume. A video posted to TikTok shows her and a friend also in a T-Rex suit, stopping drivers on the road.
2: So, uh, purple T-Rex, what are you doing later? Oh, a hockey game? You try to take our planet. Yeah, yeah, you try to destroy our social infrastructure. You try to cut down the trees. Da-da, da-da, try to race the planet by four degrees. Do we have it? No. Will we take it? No. What are the T-Rex. Go,
7: go, 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 go. They then scaled a fence and climbed into the construction site where they played badminton until the police showed up. But that wasn't what got Lucy interested in the project in the first place. She studied it for her honors thesis in her undergrad at McGill University.
2: The question that I looked at was what is the financial risk that is caused by Indigenous resistance to fossil fuel infrastructure and how is that being accounted for in the balance sheets of resource extraction companies. And I used Trans Mountain as my case study to look at that. And in short, they're not telling investors about those risks in their balance sheets. And so what I found looking at Trans Mountain, although it can be applied beyond the Trans Mountain case, is that they have just completely omitted the liability that stems from the fact that they don't have the title to the land that they're extracting wealth from.
7: In an email, I asked the federal government, a.k.a. the owners of the TMX Pipeline Expansion Project, about the violation of Indigenous rights and the possibility of the Orcas going extinct.
5: This was their response. Hi, Brandy. Southern resident killer whales are at risk from any increase in key threats including lack of prey, Chinook salmon, ocean pollution, human activities in their habitat, such as shipping, and lack of critical habitat. The Government of Canada has acknowledged these threats and prepared an action plan and recovery strategy for SRKW. The Government of Canada is implementing research programs and initiatives against the recovery strategies such as the Ocean Protection Plan and the Whales Initiative that involve industry, indigenous communities, and waterway users. Because it is apparent, multi-party collaboration is the only means to educate others and mitigate key threats. Trans Mountain acknowledges that we have a responsibility to manage impacts that could be introduced by the expansion project, which is why we have a number of conditions to develop, including the Marine Mammal Protection Programme. This involves actions we can take as a responsible terminal operator, as well as initiatives we can participate in or support that influence the performance of the shipping sector as a whole. Trans Mountain has been engaging with Indigenous communities about marine mammal protection for many years, and we will continue to do so. To integrate traditional ecological knowledge into our program, we welcome any opportunity to engage with tsleil and other First Nations who would like to know more about our efforts in this area. That
7: statement about engaging and learning might give the impression that First Nations have reached some kind of agreement or consensus with the government on this. They haven't. The Orcas themselves have given warning signs about the fragility and perils that industry brings. In summer 2018, the world was heartbroken to witness a 20-year-old mother killer whale named talakwa carry around her dead calf for over 2 weeks
9: but not long after the um the, the baby orca died and it carried it and showed the world that you know this is happening that they're dying off that that and showing you like this is my baby and 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 this is what the world's doing to us. And it and carried it for 17 days.
7: Ruben drove me south of the medicine line to Washington State to visit his allies at the Lummi Nation. About 20% of the TMX pipeline will cross through Lummi territory. I met Jewel James there, a respected elder and indigenous rights leader.
11: Well, you know, up and down the whole West Coast, we're going through the same thing. You know, it doesn't matter who we are, which nation we are, we're either battling to protect the sea or the ocean or the rivers and all life that's connected to them. He's also a woodcarver.
7: He made a striking painted totem to bring awareness to the crisis the orcas are facing. The mother orca carries a dead baby calf There's a bright red scar on the baby. Can you tell me what that mark that looks like blood is on the baby? Yeah, well,
11: one of the big threats to the um, killer whales is uh, the propellers on the ships hit them. What happens is that these uh, super tankers and uh, ships come through these ferries, and they're vibrating. And it disrupts the uh, whale's ability to uh, communicate, warn each other, and think. Okay. imagine yourself, you know, you might have gone to a concert where it's just blasting and people are screaming, you know. And so it totally disrupts your ability to be self-aware. And as a consequence, uh, the whales get hit by the props. And so we kind of pay attention to what happens to uh, what's going on with the wood. And when we're carving this whale, that spot could not be cleared. And I said, oh, wow, it must have a reason. So it, it's to reflect that, that part of the danger to the whales that the uh, traffic, human traffic, is hitting them and killing them.
7: Lummi Nation members see the blackfish as connected with them, too. Even before the pipeline fight, their fates echoed one another. They are working still to get one of their own returned to her ancestral territories. An orca named Lolita was captured not far from here in 1972 and then forced to perform in marine shows in the southern U.S. Here's Lummi tribal member Freddie Lane.
8: So what we did was we went back and we asked this aquarium that we want our whale back. They were taken from here? They were taken from Pen Cove to south of here. And they didn't have the permission of the first people. So... They've been uh, incarcerated in their sea prisons. And uh, we just want them to come home and be free uh, from performing. And the corporations make millions and millions and millions of dollars. So that's our big fight uh, right now. We actually went down to the sequarium and we gave Lolita, her Indian name, uh, is Scali Chuktanat. She's named after the village that was there in Pen Cove and she's still alive? And she's still alive. She's about fifty four years. She's about the same age as me. She was taken when she was four years old. Yeah.
7: And it's almost the same as taking indigenous children yeah. to residential schools and taking I, them
8: I, I'm I, I went to boarding school. I went to I graduated from Chamao Indian School in Salem, Oregon. My late father, Vernon, graduated from there in nineteen 19- Uh, 50 and uh, yeah it's uh, it's the same that Quahalmachtin deserves to be back home with her people so it's like having one of our own incarcerated
1: I spent my childhood in jail. I was in residential school from when I was six. And life in the residential school is worse than a convict in jail. Taha
7: is still fighting for freedom.
1: If my ancestors didn't fight for this inlet in this little piece of land that we got in our own country, um, I'm never gonna give up, I'm not gonna give in. And i give my life for this for my future generations
3: we are going to get the pipeline built Uh, it is a project in the national interest Uh, it means uh, thousands of good jobs uh, in alberta some in bc Uh, but it also means we are able to move forward on historic oceans protection and on a national plan to reduce our climate emissions and reach our uh, Paris targets. These are things that go together and we are absolutely committed to them. The measures we will be taking in the coming weeks are focused on ensuring that this pipeline gets built.
10: Slautath isn't anti-development, but Slautath is pro-sustainable development. And so Trans Mountain Expansion Project just simply did not meet our requirements.
12: We're going to have an indigenous renaissance here and it's going to be freedom of the mind and the heart while stopping this pipeline and everything that it represents, all of the oppression it represents on the land, on the people. You know, Canada is a system built upon denial of another people's land and we're going to take back who we are. And just like the Thunderbird of old, we're going to rise out of the sea. We're rising right now.
4: The synergy to our histories is, you know, in Western culture, it could be all like, oh, what a coincidence, or oh, that's scary. But in our hearts and minds, we know. This pipeline project, this Transmountain Pipeline expansion and tanker project, is our serpent of these days. And, you know, we train ourselves and we ready ourselves in a warrior way to, to help protect our
7: people and our land and our water. The Tosuelo Tooth are working to build back their salmon stocks. They're cleaning up the inlet so marine life can thrive and so they can once again harvest traditional foods. They've invested in solar and wind energy and are empowering community members to revitalize traditions, language, and culture. They're armed with lawyers, experts, allies, and the dream of a cleaner, united future
9: what they don't know and what they don't understand and maybe what we'll teach them in this process. It's not just us for me to continue to grow, to have that spiritual connection without water. It's for my children. It's for your children.
7: Taha witnessed a sacred moment between Reuben and a wolf of the sea when he was a boy.
1: We were at Stanley Park once and he went and he leaned on the fence like this and he was looking and the the orca come right towards him and it was staring right at him Then it started bouncing like this. And they just stayed like that. I had to go sit down because I was waiting and waiting and I wonder how long they're gonna communicate. I was just overjoyed when they said there's orcas coming in, which means they're coming back. My son, um, his spirit is the orca.
9: And at the hardest times of our life, those spirit of the orca, the the spirit of the water, helped us out of that colonization of those residential schools, helped us out and was a crutch. It was a crutch that picked us up when we needed it, when we were lost as a community
7: This beautiful song was written by Taha's father, Chief Dan George, and is recorded by Tessuela Tooth member Gordon Dick, accompanied by the Sea Cove School Choir. Hi, hi, for allowing us to incorporate it. Big Taniki, thank you in Cree, to the Tessuela Tooth for welcoming me to their community, the Lummi, and everyone who graciously shared their stories with me. Hi, hi.
8: Hey.
0: That is your Canada Land podcast. You can email me at jesse at canadaland.com. I read everything that you send. We're on Twitter at Canadaland. Our website is canadaland.com. Our sister show Commons just delivered uh, the best episode of this incredible season they're doing on the war in Afghanistan. Go have a listen now. Today's episode was reported by journalist Brandy Morin from the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples. Tristan Capicione is our audio editor and technical producer. Our senior producer is Sarah Larnyuk. Kieran Oudshorn is our managing editor. Thank you to Gordon Dick of Tsleil-Waututh Nation for the use of his music, Coast Salish Anthem, in this episode. Our theme music is by SoCold. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at CFUV.ca.
6: E no A smooth redemption. We work this rhythm to love, uh, forget what's going on. We work this rhythm to love, uh, forget what's going on. We touch down to regular chaos. Yeah, we make sound to witness that which creates us. Cause we got these cells. Yes, we got these cells. Stimulated and culture. Ancestral cells working at multidimensional culture. Now let these bodies know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they exist yet uh, for one another. Truth and perception A smooth redemption We work this rhythm To forget what's going on We work this rhythm To forget what's going on We touch down To molecular chaos Yeah, we make sound To witness that which creates us We got these tales Yes, we got these tales A cultural sculpture Ancestors will sell you their mantra. some clear reception.